Hello, I'm Phil Svitek, 360 Creative Coach, and welcome to my blog, where it is both my mission and my pleasure to highlight my creative journey in hopes of inspiring you, giving you specific takeaway, so that way your journey can be at least a little bit easier. Now, before I fully dive into things, number one, uh, I am uh, on the road again, so if it sounds like that, well, that's why. Um, but you know what, It's it's been really fun to kind of you know, like when I, when I'm on the road, I usually call people and, you know, have these deep uh, chats. So it allows for a lot of introspection. And so it's kind of fun to share that instead with you. And secondly, I would love to invite you to subscribe if you haven't already, that we get all the various lessons and episodes that I put out right when I put them out. Thank you if you just did. And thank you if you already were. It truly does mean a lot to me as I hope it does to you. So you may recall if you watched the last vlog or listened to it that it was my intent to finish out the outline of uh, the latest movie that I'm working on. And that was the intent. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. I made a tremendous amount of progress, closed a lot of loopholes, elevated a lot of tension. And it's the thing of it that, you know, you could spend all this time writing. And for me, it's about, I always judge myself based on input time versus the output of, you know, uh, the, the amount, you know, whether it's words written or in this case, getting to that final, um, you know, finishing up the outline. And I'm sure if I really lit a funder, uh, a fire under my ass, I could have gotten through it, you know, just to, just to get through it. But I reserve that more for the projects that I do with my work and then also my side jobs and things like that. And, um, you know, because that's already stressful enough. So when it comes to my own stuff, uh, I aim for stuff, but I don't give myself the hard deadlines necessarily. Um, and as long as there's progress, that's good for me. So... Yeah, that really, that was what I was aiming for. And the thing of it is, even though I keep talking about wanting to finish this outline, you know, it's been a few weeks that I've been working on it. The truth of the matter is that when I get to the script writing phase of it, it will be very easy. It'll be go lightning fast because the original outline that I had was 17 pages. You know, when I wrote the first draft of this script, the outline I was working off of was 17 pages, give or take. This time around, I'm about, uh, I would say, uh, three-fifths, maybe, let's, let's say, um, into, or maybe five-eighths, I don't know. We'll just, it, we're, we're more than halfway, but we still got a long way to go, right? And I'm at... 48 pages of this outline. So that's a tremendous increase in terms of the level of detail within this outline, right? Because when I made the outline, it was very nebulous of like, okay, well, I know this is going to happen. And, you know, you just shorthand it because it makes sense in your mind. And then you'll work through it as you get through the script. Well, part of the, the entire goal of writing that first draft was to figure out what's not working. Where do the questions lie? What do I need to 
resolve in order to make this a compelling and clear script, right? And engaging and, and all that stuff. And that's what this rewrite has been all about. That's why I took a step back from writing the script itself to get to the more macro of it all. And even though it seems like I'm stuck in the weeds of all this detail, I will say looking at it from this perspective, you know, just a different form of writing it has opened me up tremendously and things are really progressing in a fun way. And, you know, in that sense, that's why I know when I do finally get back to the actual script itself, it will be a joy and it will be very easy. And not that this isn't a joy, right? Um, just because it's taken longer, part of that length and delay is that it's fun to consider all the various permutations of like, okay, well, this is what it is, but let, let me think about it from this character's perspective and how they feel in this moment, how they react and how that changed the scene. Oh, all of a sudden that elevates it a little bit more. Or you know what? Maybe there was a scene that was written this way with these characters and it was intended this way. Well, what if I took out that character? How would that change? You know, especially if someone's longing to get answers from that character, but they're unable to. So it's all of these things that you tinker with to try to get to, you know, the right combination. I mean, that's really most of storytelling, whether it's movies, short films, TV shows, um, you know, anything of that nature, even books, music, I would even argue anything really that's artistic. You're trying to figure out the right way to present an idea. So, that's been fun to really explore, right? And as I said, I'm, I'm 48 pages into this outline and, you know, it'll be interesting. Like, we can play a fun game if you want to comment down below, like, how many pages this thing ultimately ends up being. I'm going to go with 65. Let's just, I think that feels like a good number. Maybe just, just shy of, like, 70, I think. But 65 is my official answer. Um, but you're welcome to uh, play along with me in this game. Um, the other sort of thing that I've been thinking about as far as this, not, not in a too serious way, but um, it's just been fun to kind of also dream of what it could be, right? And, you know, director D Danny Villeneuve, who's done things like Blade, Blade Runner 2049 and the, the Dune movies, Prisoners, just amazing works of art in terms of movies, uh, he talked about in an article how, you know, IMAX and premium formats will really will be the future of cinema because you got to give people a reason to go, you know, and watch something on the big screen. And I was thinking about it. Well, what would it take to make this animated movie IMAX? You know, why not? Right. Like creating a large screen format of this movie. What, what would that entail? And I'm sure. There's lots that goes into it, right? That's a whole, you know, ex extra dimensions and clarity that you have to fill, essentially. Um, now it is animated, so in theory, um, it, 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 it's easier than bringing an IMAX camera. But at the same time, you know, there's a level of detail that you have to put into the animation, stuff like that. Um, so, you know, certainly it's, it, it, it's doable, but, um, 
It's not to say that it's without uh, challenges. And it also presents, you know, even, even from a sound mix perspective, like to, to mix an Atmos requires a lot, right? Um, it costs more money. Uh, you know, you have to go to a specialty studio. But I was talking with Edgar, who is my sound designer. I was like, listen, when we get to that point, that's a fun challenge. And, uh, you know, why not, right? Like, let's, let's dream big and then scale down if we have to, sure. But right now we're in that phase, like anything's possible. So why limit yourself, right? So uh, it's just been cool to really consider those things, you know, and especially in this early stage of the process, just to kind of, I don't know, push, push yourself forward, right? I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with having ambition and, and looking forward. As long as, of course, you know, you still do the day-to-day -day task of what needs to be done in the immediate, so that way you can push and propel that vision forward, right? If you're constantly just dreaming without action, obviously that's that's not good. That's not going to do anything. So, um, but I could, in theory, have made more progress this week because Sunday in particular... I had a good amount of time that I definitely was able to devote to uh, writing the outline. But for some reason, I don't know, like the, the, the splinter in my mind of wanting to revamp my website just really took a hold, right? This is something that I've been putting off for months, if not a year at this point, to update my website. And... Just for context, the reason I wanted to update my website was when, at the time when I made it, you know, I hadn't made any of my own movies. I hadn't written any of the books, things of that nature. And, you know, I, I had always worked for somebody else and worked on their projects. And so the, the website was designed as a means to highlight all the stuff I've done for other people as a way to be able to do it for somebody else. Right. Uh, and it highlights my coaching my co and my consulting for people. And obviously, I still love that. I still do that. But I'm also more than that, right? And that side of me gets lost in, in, in the current website. And plus, it's outdated and stuff like that. And so, you know, my, my goal with the revamp was always, okay, well, let me simplify it. Let me highlight more of the totality of who I am, you know, filmmaker, an author, a podcaster, and a 360 creative coach. And you know, put that so people can see it, navigate it easily, and so forth, right? And for some reason, you know, I was talking with my friend Khalil, and I was telling him about this and stuff like that, and I don't know, for some reason, I just took it as a challenge of like, you know what, this, yes, it slows me down and whatnot, but it's not, like, it'll, I can cross this off the list fairly easily, and the return on it is pretty great because I can, you know, promote that I've relaunched my website. Maybe I can drive more traffic to my book sales, uh, more people to see the movies, things of that nature. Um, maybe drive more business in terms of coaching and stuff like that. But overall, it'll just remove the splinter from my mind, right? And so at the cost of, let's say, a week, it'll just be good to get it done. 
and then I could like fully focus on, on stuff. So, you know, while I'm a big advocate of not beginning new projects when you're in the middle of the one, something like this where you can accomplish it within a short amount of time, I don't think ultimately hinders you that much, right? And as I said, I'm, I'm looking at, I, I weighed the pros and the cons. Not that I did it very analytically, but I just kind of began doing it. And then as I'm doing it, I'm kind of justifying in my mind of why it's okay to be doing this. So yeah, you know, I, I literally spent a majority of Sunday just working on the website and then uh, part of uh, today, Monday, um, doing so as well. And overall, it's at the phase where uh, it, it's, it's good enough for somebody else to step in and finalize all the stuff that I can't do, you know, um, tinkering with the code of the website. You know, it's a WordPress website. And I've posted an episode where I teach um, my methodology in terms of uh, websites. And so, you know, the first step for me, as evidenced by that episode, is that I outline the entire thing and, you know, literally on paper. So that way I have an idea of what I'm shooting for, right? Um, and I put in all the text and stuff like that. And I just kind of fill it out, you know. And I literally start with, okay, well, what's my navigation menu look like? Right. You know, okay, I've got the home page. I've got an about me page. I've got a contact page, but um, what else do I have? And then, you know, what are they called? And then, you know, from there, it's like, okay, well, what's within those pages? And do those pages link to anything else? You know, so it gives me this nice structure of what the website is. Right. And I talk about that um, in the episode that I made. And, you know, I'll post more episodes going through each of the steps that it takes. And you can apply this to whether you're ramp revamping a website like I am or starting from scratch, doesn't matter. You know, the same methodology applies to either. And so I'll, I'll post those um, as well. Now, the one thing as far as all of it goes, um, you know, uh, I'll usually kind of record these episodes at the beginning of each step, but I don't show necessarily the, the final product um, of it too much for that stuff. If you want to really deep dive, like, you know, what an actual outline of my, my website looks like, you know, fully filled out that'll, that stuff I'll post on my Patreon page. Um, so patreon.com slash Phil So that that's just a nice little perk, um, for people who are signed up. It's only $10 a month, by the way. So you get cool exclusive behind the scenes stuff. And, um, the, the biggest benefit is a monthly, group coaching session. Um, so, you know, if you want more direct interaction, uh, that's, that's a way to do it without having to, you know, pay for consulting or coaching, um, which rightfully so is a little bit more money. Whereas Patreon is just $10 a month and you get to be part of a group and, you know, we all benefit, um, from that discussion, right. And helping each other out. So yeah, as far as the creative and stuff like that, um, that's kind of been what I've been working on. And, you know, uh, as I said, in terms of the website, I'm, I've gotten it to a place where, where, um, not only I, did I 
create the outline for the website, but I literally put in that content into a blank WordPress website. So I put in all the text and things like that, and I put in my notes and placeholder images. So that way, um, this website developer that I've contacted, um, it's a new person that I'm working with, we'll see, but if not, I'll you know, find somebody else. The, uh, the ones I used to work with um, right now, they're just unavailable. But uh, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but essentially, you know, I've gotten it very far along where they're not having to create a website from scratch and therefore it's not costing me tons of money um, and also time. You know, that's what, like by having them do more with their time, it costs more money, right? So whereas, you know, I've really just kind of expedited the entire process and uh, you know now they can fix stuff up now I also will say that a part of the reason you know I, it literally took me like a good chunk of Sunday and then probably a couple of hours today to you know do all this and the reason I was able to do that was because um, you know I'm not doing everything from scratch you know I have a lot of this stuff like when I need to, you know, like for example, on the about me, if I need to add in a bio, I'm not creating one from scratch. I'm revising something that's already been written, you know, and uh, the fun part really also is um, utilizing ChatGPT to, you know, be like, okay, well, I need this form. So what, what would you suggest would go there? And then it just kind of gives me some perspectives and ideas and might draft up some text but you know at the end of the day as i've said with all stuff related to ai i'm having to alter it um, it's never in a completed form but it does expedite the process for me and especially since i have a lot of um, the text already pre-written and so now i can you know throw it into chat gpt polish it up see what it comes up with see if you know it thinks there's worth um, stuff that should be added, things of that nature. Um, so it's a good kind of bouncing sounding board, right? So, um, yeah, creatively, that's the main thing. Um, so my goal is ideally this week with the developer to, cause I don't, I don't know. Um, it shouldn't be that much work to get this website up and running. So hopefully by the end of this week, if not two weeks, um, we can have it fully done. Or, uh, yeah, that's, that's the goal. And, you know, my portion of it really is now minimal so I can get back to focusing on the outline. So it's, it's also good just to keep things moving. Right. Um, I, I like that when, when, uh, projects are moving. And so for a day and a half, essentially the fact that I could really push this along, you know, that's, that's, that's great. So, um, also, uh, I forgot to mention, uh, this weekend I had a opportunity to go with my friend, Richard Vision, who's a DJ. He did a set, um, at this, uh, this party, right? Um, I, I, you know, uh, essentially I don't necessarily know what it is, but I know he was playing a set for like 3000 people and he had asked me like, Hey, do you want to film it? So literally my call time was at like 1 a.m. 1 a.m. He was going to go on stage at two in the morning and yeah, it was really fun to, to film. Right. And of course, uh, the hardest part of, of all of that is the low lighting. Um, when you're kind of at a venue like that, 
but um, he did a one-hour set, and you know it was fun to just utilize all my film gear, right? I use my DJI, I use my GoPro, I use my Blackmagic camera, and I think came up with some awesome, awesome footage for him to be able to utilize and cut together. Um, one of my favorite techniques um, in film or tricks, whatever you want to call it, is the step print, which is you shoot at, let's, you know, usually films are 24 frames per second. And a step print is where you film something uh, at a lower frame rate. You know, generally I love like five frames, you know, per, per second. And so then what it does is you essentially duplicate that and it looks, it ends up looking kind of like slow motion, but real because it has, it has this blurriness. Like it's a really trippy effect. One uh, car Y is a filmmaker that truly utilizes it in the best of ways. And, uh, you, you know, at this venue with people dancing, him DJing, where there's a lot of fast movement, it just lent itself to it. And I didn't want to overdo it because, um, you know, I don't know. I didn't know if he'd uh, love the, the technique or not, but um, I did do it enough times. And I think it came out with some really cool stuff, especially like the wide, wide shot where, you know, he's mixing, he's moving around and you got the people in front of him just dancing their asses off. Like it, it looks cool. So that was really, really fun to, to work with. So yeah, that was, that was awesome. Now shifting gears kind of into just random thoughts and kind of stuff that let's say I've been grappling with. Um, you know, I had a, I had a therapy session this, this week and it was very eye opening. Um, lots of stuff to think about, you know, um, about what enlightenment means, what prevents particularly me from getting towards enlightenment and stuff like that. Right. And, you know, the interesting part is that enlightenment is the biggest disappointment of the ego because that's when, when you reach enlightenment, you have to let go of the ego. Um, not only are you not somebody or something, you essentially are nobody. And that's the paradoxical thing that by being nobody, you're everything. And, but the, of course the, the ego is disappointed because it, you're no longer I, and you no longer see yourself as just a singular unit and me, 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 <laughs> you see yourself as part of the collective. Um, and, you know, to that effect, another interesting kind of notion of all of that was this idea that, you know, the world, uh, people create a melodrama out of the world unnecessarily. But at the same time, you know, what, how do I add onto that melodrama? You know, what am I bringing to the table just like everybody else? And the truth of the matter is, you know, there's a lot of answers, but the one that encompasses them all which I think is universal for everyone is my suffering, right? For each of us, we bring our own individual suffering to the world, right? Through our complaints, through our misery, our pettiness, our envy, our anxiousness, things of that nature, where we, we think, uh, you know, the world's not good enough or it should be X, Y, and Z, whatever it is, we're suffering because of it. And there, and we add that to the collective world. And so, if you want to heal the world, heal yourself. 
right? Um, so it's a very interesting notion. And, and that's why in many ways, getting towards enlightenment is very hard because of how honest you have to be with yourself, right? It's easy to po try to point and be like, oh, you know, I'm upset because this person did this or whatever the case may be. When in reality, it's like, well, what was your participation in that? And when you start to, you know, point the mirror at yourself, it's not always like, it's not always fun. You know, in many ways, it's like a constant beating yourself up. I was like, okay, damn, wow, I can't believe I'm doing that. And of course, part of reaching enlightenment is to have grace with yourself and forgive yourself and unconditional self-love no matter what. And to see that as just, you know, an evolution of yourself, <laughs> but it's damn hard, you know, and I'm not saying I'm enlightened, but you know, you start the, the path towards that, you start to recognize these things and you're like, damn. You know, the other sort of notion that uh, I was thinking about too, um, it's interesting, you know, um, as I continue to foster uh, Diamond, you know, my, my intention was always that I would do this noble thing of, you know, fostering a dog. The, how it all started was that over the 4th of July weekend, um, LA shelters would, were just massively overcrowded and it's not like they weren't overcrowded before. But in anticipation of that, they were like begging anyone um, to foster dogs over the course of that weekend. So it was like literally a four-day emergency foster program. And so I did that, but at the, after the four days, I was like, well, you know, of course I can't knowingly put back Diamond to the shelter, so I'll keep her until she finds a home. And, you know, now we're literally at three months, essentially, of me still fostering Diamond and having gone through, you know, various ups and downs, not because of her, but, you know, there was a bad situation with, um, you know, basically an owner did adopt her, um, but then, you know, didn't want her. And it's fine if, like, you know, there, there's something different, like, if you, you know, if you're smart about it, but like, it was just, and I, I take fault in it too, but you know, um, ultimately, and that's part of why I beat myself up and, and so forth was this idea that, you know, he, he wanted a dog, but really didn't. He just essentially wanted a stuffed toy. Um, cause didn't, didn't realize what went into taking care of a dog and, and especially like she's sweet. And so like the stuff that she needs is, is, you know, compared, like she's not a problematic dog. Um, but anyway, the point being that now as I approach month three, you know, it's like, damn, you know, I, like it was never meant to be a long-term solution and still isn't. And how can like, you know, is there an end in sight essentially? And so you start to get upset with the universe, God, whatever you want to think of it in terms of, um, but you know, that, that, that was sort of hard and that got me thinking of just, you know, just deep stuff of like, is there a God? Does God exist? Blah, 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 you know? Um, and cause I think in many ways, you know, we talk about in therapy, limiting beliefs and limiting beliefs are anything that like hinders you in essence. Whereas I think we can also lie to ourselves. Like is, is believing in God a limiting belief because like, oh, you know, God's plan for you. Like just because, you know, you gotta, you gotta stay the course because he has something better for you. And I don't know, like, 
I think, in a way, the way we approach God and the universe is a very selfish notion because it's all about like, well, how's God serving me and stuff like that, where it's like, you know what? I don't know. Like, if, if there is a God or the universe, whatever you want to believe, like, it's just, yes, there's an abundance and at its core, it's love, but it's not a requisite that, you know, it has to like make you happy or, or whatever, or, you know, answer your prayers and stuff like that. Like to me, I don't know. I, it's something that's interesting in terms of a notion. I don't honestly know how to explain it, but there's no ego side to that of, oh, of course, when it comes to God, I should have a relationship with God. And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> Am I like... And I know people say like, well, God, of course, will have a relationship with you regardless of whether or not you believe in him, love him and stuff like that. I don't know. It's just, it's just something interesting to grapple with um, that I thought would be, I don't know, worth sharing. Uh, the other sort of notion that, that um, you know, I've been kind of thinking about is I, I, various podcast episodes and things like that that I listen to, you know, it's it's great um, content creators, right? Filmmakers, musician, authors, um, painters, uh, things of that nature, right? Poets, whatever the case may be. And there's an oftentimes like preface and it's a cliche preface of like, I know we're not curing cancer or whatever. And sure, on the surface, we're not. But I like to think of, you know, if we really look at the world as truly interconnected, well, who's to say that someone who is trying to cure cancer, you know, maybe they're in a low and depressed state and something that you create uplifts them, gives them that joy, gives them that motivation, that determination, maybe not directly, but but enough, you know, just uh, tangentially where they're able to push forward and find a cure for cancer. So I know, I don't know, I know, I know it's silly and I'm not trying to overvalue anything but I do think that trying to think of the world in terms of a hierarchy of, you know, a certain profession or certain task or anything is better or worse than anything else. I don't know. It gets you into a slippery slope because at the end of the day, we're, we are all interconnected. And what I do affects you, whether you know it or not, and vice versa. And, you know, it's the butterfly effect of it all. And I think it's just interesting to sort of Think about it and explore and just accept that as a reality, right? So uh, the last thing I'll, I'll mention um, as just a fun thing, uh, you know, uh, on theme, uh, Marissa Serafini and I, you know, she's one of my close friends, movie lover, book lover. We, uh, we went to see The Matrix in theaters. Now, I'd already seen it twice before, but she'd never seen it in theater uh, obviously, we'd seen the movie tons of times, but it was just fun, you know, again, to revisit an amazing work of art. Obviously, The Matrix is a wonderful movie, and that's just not me saying it. Plenty of people think it's one of the greatest movies ever made. And even though I'd already seen it on the big screen to see it with her for the first time and, uh, you know, on the big screen to, to get that sort of joy was awesome, right? And in fact, this week, I'm going to go see Susan May in theaters for a fourth time with my friend Dimitri Panos, who's never seen it. And, you know, arguably, like, it most likely will be my 
favorite movie of 2023. Now, granted, it came out in 2022, but that was um, not in the U.S. It came out in the U.S. earlier this year, and I brought you know my friend Laura Grasso to see it. I brought my friend Jeff Graham to see it, and I'd seen it with my friends Khalil, Marissa, and Sarah Stratton. So I'm excited. I don't know. I, I just love the community aspect of art and when you get to share it with people. And so seeing The Matrix with Marissa was a fantastic experience. You know, I'm, I cannot wait to see Susan May with my friend Dimitri Panos on the big screen. You know, it's a wild movie. So really looking forward to that. Um, so yeah, um, that's what I have for you this week. As always, I encourage you to uh, comment down below with any thoughts, questions. Could be about what I talked about. Could be about anything you want me to talk about. Doesn't matter, right? Happy to do that. And if you appreciate what I do and think you might benefit from, you know, my coaching or consulting, check out my website. You know, that was available to you. Or if you want to just kind of dip your toe in, um, while at the same time getting, you know, great perks of behind the scenes of a lot of the stuff that I'm making, uh, check out my Patreon page, Patreon.com/slash/PhilSvitek. Anyway, I've yapped your ear off enough. Thank you so much. I truly do appreciate you. I'll see you next time.